All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 41 of the Kill Your Internet podcast presented by High Brew Coffee. With you, as always, is your boy, Colin. And with us today, the glorious return of Mr. Jimmy Iovine in the building. Jimmy, what's up, buddy? Hi, guys. How are you? Jimmy is not. It's usually me, Rose Malone, and Ken. I love how I don't even refer to him. I don't. I don't even refer to Eric as Eric anymore. He's just Rose Malone. Yeah, at Rose Malone. Uh, yeah, at Rose Malone. And uh, <laughs> now we have Jimmy back, dude. By the way, we're doing we're doing this by Zoom because NFL football starts in about a half an hour, and I did not want to not be home for this. So I have no way of watching it either. Really, that sucks, dude. How are you watching it? Do you got content? We have Hulu Live. Oh, is Hulu Live playing? Hulu, li- Hulu, Hulu has live sports. I don't know. I've, I get paid for that, but that's like a big advertising <laughs> campaign they do. I got Hulu Live. Dude, Maybe amazing. we could shoehorn that into some more advertisements. Speaking of advertisements, <laughs> once again, presented by High Brew Coffee, uh, 10% off uh, 12 packs of their triple shots. Amazing, amazing product. Uh, three times the caffeine. Absolutely what I start my day with. Uh, also, get it at Wawa. If you're in the Philly area, if you're on the East Coast, go to Wawa. Tag us in post saying, Fox you got that. You. Yeah. You got that yeah, Fox shot. That, that, uh, that triple shot got us through that long drive from Austin to Philadelphia Yo, after South by Southwest. Real talk. <laughs> we killed the entire, they gave us like pallets of this stuff. <laughs> and on tour, we finished all of it. I'm dead yep. serious. We came home with nothing. Uh, it's delicious and, stuff, man. I mean, dude, if you're a touring musician, when touring comes back, you need to get on the high brew coffee kick because it's the only thing that saved us on tour. Mm-hmm. Real talk. Well, Jimmy, oh, so good, dude. We are as busy as we've ever been somehow through quarantine. We have uh, EP. It's right around a hundred thousand streams on Spotify. Mm-hmm. We put out a month ago. So shouts out to everybody who's been streaming. Uh, we have another single coming out next month that we just shot a small movie for, which by the way, Jim, the movie came out fucking amazing. Your acting skills are next level, bro. Thank you. My cat is loving my microphone. Right Jimmy's cat's over here, here buddy. playing with his microphone. <laughs> I locked Vinny out of the room, so he can't do that to mine. Oh, that's uh, good. But yeah, dude, on top of that, we have sports coming back. Basketball's in the playoffs. Hockey's in the playoffs. Baseball's in full swing. And football's back. I, I just know, wanted to, football. My God. I just wanted to bring a point up to you right before we started our talk. What percentage of Americans do you think gamble on sports? Uh, uh, at least 50. 50% in a recent national, nationwide survey. 50% really? of adults gamble on football or at least any sport. Now, this is, this is going to be very grown up of me, but Penn, uh, Penn Gambling, the Penn Sportsbook Penn Gambling. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, have, I am invested in that. I have stock hey, in Penn, and it's listen, going up, baby. You know how Football much season's around the corner. And it you is. know how much we love Barstool Sports. They own Barstool Sports. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to Barstool. Shouts out to Penn National. Let's make Hi, that partner shit happen. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude, no. I'm not a sports gambler, but I'm a, the biggest sports fan in the world. I love to know the lines and shit because I love to be able to make fun of my friends who gamble and like mm-hmm. text them and be like, ah, you missed the over, dickhead. Yeah. Like, at Rose I Malone. At Rose Malone. <laughs> well, yeah, Ken and Eric do, so they have their gambling corner. We have to make that a new segment. Let's start out with our first segment here, the wildest shit that we've seen on the internet. Jimmy, did you see everything going on with the wildfires in California? Yeah, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of wacky videos on like um, Instagram where people are walking from inside their house and it's totally normal color-wise, and then they walk outside and everything is just fucking it's like a orange. Whole, it's like a hellscape out there. Yeah, yeah, Did it looks hear, like insidious out there. Because they have, like, there's like 10 wildfires going on right now in California, which, by the way, absolutely insane. Prayers All the way up, too, like in orange yeah. and shit. Yeah. Well, did you hear how the one started? Oh, it was a... It was a, <laughs> a gender reveal. 
Now, I've long been on the record of saying I fucking hate gender reveals. Yeah, remember back in the day when it was like uh, the doctor gave a printout of a photo from the ultrasound that just said, it's a boy or it's a girl. I hate, I've already been on record that when we have kids, I do not want to do a thing. Like, I'm not about that. Gender reveal party? Yeah, apparently somebody blew something up and it started a wildfire. Dude, I've been seeing some amazing memes though of like uh like a Zeppelin exploding, like the was it the Hindenburg? And it's like in the corner it just says, It's a boy. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, dude. It's not, yeah, not, a, not, a, not is... a funny topic because of what's going on in California, but absolutely like Yeah, yeah. Like I our love hearts, when the internet takes something our hearts go out to the people in California, but some of the I mean Well just fuck that guy who did that with the gender reveal because you just fucked up a lot of stuff. Like you you messed up a lot of things for people. Right. Uh, Laughter is the best medicine. Though. What do you even name that kid? What do you name that kid after all this? <laughs> Bernie? <laughs> I thought of that yeah. on the spot. That was not... <laughs> I thought of that on the spot. <laughs> all right, let's move on to our second thing here. Uh, did you see everything going on with Travis Scott right now? What's going on with him and McDonald's? McDonald's? Everybody's buying up the... The Travis the Scott meal? meal? Yeah. First off, it's all like suburban kids going mm-hmm. and, and just annoying the people at McDonald's being because like you're supposed to say Cactus Jack sent you. That's like Travis Scott's like alter ego. And uh, Cactus there's a gr- Jack. Yeah, that's the name of his record label too, Cactus Jack Records. Okay. Uh, but it's one of the funniest things I've seen is there's a video and it's like these kids like trying to be funny. Like they're like they're like videotaping the the monitor at the drive through. Like Cactus Jack sent me, and the guy on the other line is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, Cactus Jack sent me. We need the Travis Scott meal. And the guy's like, "Don't do that shit, man." He's like, he, he says, "He says, yo, Burger King's down the street. If you want to pull that shit." And then he goes, "He's like, we're busy. We're getting money here, dog. We're getting bread." <laughs> I was like, "This is the best thing I've seen all day." First off, I love Travis Scott. It's a great idea for him. I just keep thinking about the McDonald's employees and the hell they must be going through. Poor, poor people. Like, especially like you know. Like uh, the African American uh, employees at McDonald's that are getting all these like white kids coming in, like yo, brother, can I? Oh get- yeah, I know, dude. I know it's fucking pain in the ass. Stop. Uh, it's it's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Uh, but all all I keep seeing is like, first off, the dude's gonna make a ton of money, a ton of money, because he he also put out merch, like like limited edition McDonald's slash Travis Scott merch. That's mm-hmm. a genius move. But well, it's I a just- great. It's a great like. It's not unlike. High brew coffee and foxtrot in the get down, pairing up for the beauty. beauty yeah, that exactly. Is. I totally agree. It's basically the same level. It's the exact same thing. I'm sure we're moving just as much high brew as he's moving McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> but people are reselling the burgers online, like on StockX, which is like a, uh-huh. a shoe website, and like yeah. they're like trying to charge fifteen hundred dollars, which is a joke, but like it's that, fucking hilarious. No, but it's also yeah. That Could is you imagine a, funny joke? a kid who bought like a fifteen hundred dollar burger off StockX for a moldy ass burger that somebody yeah. bought a month a ago. Moldy boy. <laughs> Uh, all right, and then so our last uh, wildest shit that I see on the internet, uh, rapper six nine back in the news again, like he always is, for two reasons. So first off, I've been on record, fuck that guy, I hate him. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. But he has been doing all these podcasts now. He's never done like sit down interviews before, but he's like doing tell all sit down interviews where he's like explaining everything he's done. He's just yeah. making himself look like an asshole. But it's like my worst nightmare of getting stuck in the room with like a group of people. Six nine did one of the Paul brothers, those idiots from YouTube, their podcast. Right. I would, ra- I would literally 
I would do anything on earth besides sit in that room. I would do anything I yeah. could do to just not to be in that room. Like right. that is my nightmare. Cause I don't like those kids and six, nine can go to hell. Yeah. I don't, I don't need any of that. But uh, six, nine uh, say where he was living at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> but he's also complaining because he thinks that Spotify and Apple Music are blackballing him and not putting his music up on the main page. Well, haven't hasn't he been saying that for ever? Yeah, for since he got out. First off, your music that? sucks. Second off, join the rest of us who aren't getting your music up on the main page of Apple Music. You fucking scrub. What about Fox trying to get down. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. saying? Like, yeah, we're being blackballed by Apple Music and Spotify too. Who knew it, dude? I didn't even know. (laughs) I just figured this out thanks to six nine. (laughs) Thanks to Kashi, idiot. Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up because I'm not a real big fan of that dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, so let's let's move on to what the fuck we've been listening to. I'll start it off, then you'll go, Jim. Mm -hmm. Uh, what else am I going to start with? Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band back at it. Got a new album coming out later this month called Letters to You. A uh, new song called Letter to You just dropped. Incredible. It's one of my favorite Bruce songs he's dropped in the, like in the 2000s. Just a great Bruce Springsteen the E Street song. The only thing I had a, a great to pick with, there's no big sax solo, but I can live with that. Bruce, oh. for the fact that this man is in his 60s. He mm-hmm. might be 70 now. I don't know. He's, he's like up there. Sounds immaculate. And this is what you get when you don't drink and you go to the gym every day. This man is a fucking monster, bro. Yeah. Well, that's uh, then you're gonna keep it up then, because like, hey, you don't drink or you don't. Hey, hopefully, Max Weinstein drinks and eats cheeseburgers, because <laughs> <laughs> if I want to keep drumming for it, dude. Well, Ma- Max Weinberg is. He, he oh, says, did I say Weinstein? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Max Weinberg. <laughs> uh, Max Weinberg absolutely sounds incredible on this fucking track. Yeah. Drums, he's always, he's such a good he's drummer. He's such a great man. drummer, dude. And the whole band's there. The whole yeah. band, Patty Scalfa, his wife is there. Nils Lofgren, little Steven's there. The whole band sounds amazing and it's fucking great. So That's awesome. uh, Jimmy, go to your first pick. I'm going to go with a Leon Bridges song Ooh. called bad, bad news. It's, it's like, shit, the, dude. dude, I love it. It's like a nice boppy. It's literally jazz funk at like, it's like when you walk in to, when we play in New York city, we play Rockwood. Mm. usually and uh the one night we played up there uh in the back room where we walk in at there was this band up above the bar and then there's like a big floor <clears throat> and there was this band playing it was just a three piece it was like a trumpet a uh, keyboard player and a drummer but that song has that feel of just like a smooth ass jazz like and you're bopping to it it's not like just like Dude. that boring like it's so it's so not that good. jazz it's what? just like a Mm. And the best thing about it too is it's like his follow. That was like one of the first singles as the follow up to the first record, which is an amazing album. But it's more of like a time piece, like it's like a like a like a concept album in a way of like being mm-hmm. stuck in the fifties or sixties. And this yeah. is just him coming into two thousand eighteen, being like, "Fuck everybody yeah. else." Because that second album was like, "I'm just gonna make what the fuck ever I want." Yeah. And then he comes out with the and all the songs on it sound different every yep. song sounds a little different so than good. the one before some it. of them were produced by pharrell and i know exactly which ones they are and they're you can so, hear it you can so hear it good That's pharrell great... knows how to stamp it man he knows what he yeah, sounds like he does the he same fo- he, he does the same four count to come in every bat, song bat, 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 bat. Bat. uh all right so i'm gonna go on to my second pick uh a good friend of jimmy's action bronson uh <laughs> no so he just put out a song called latin grammys last month Make sure my you bear me with my lawyer. <laughs> Yo, by the way, my man lost 90 pounds. Did he really? Yeah, he's getting absolutely jacked. He's working out with trainers like that work for like work with the New York Yankees. He's getting yoked. Uh, he just put out a song called Goldeneye. And 
all the production on this new record, by the way, the album's called Only for Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and the trailer for the album came out, and it's a claymation dolphin with abs and giant muscles, and Tom Hardy is narrating it. <laughs> this man lives in his own world. Um, He's funny as shit, though. All the production kind of sounds like it has a Latin vibe to it, but it's okay. over these kind of like old school draw. It's so fucking good. He just doesn't miss. He's the best in my opinion right now. Yeah. He brings up one one point I want to make. He Action Bronson is never afraid to be himself. He has right. no fear. He he has no fear, and that's what I feel like we're we're getting to now. To where we're we're doing what we want. We're making what we want. We're we're producing things that we are like the fear is gone like this old fear that used to sit on my shoulders has been lifted and i've never felt like so good before making music yeah man yeah man and do what you want like a leon like leon bridges and like you know and action bronson doing what you want to freaking do just for the fun of it because it's like it's no it's no rules covid no <laughs> rules covid baby that's no what it rules is COVID, man all right that's jim give me your second song uh so my second song is one of my favorite people of all time because i love his voice a little bit countryer for me, but uh, Howlin' at Nothing by Nathaniel Raycliffe and the Night Sweats. And we were howling at the <laughs> Dude, okay. that is such a good song. Oh, dude. I was uh, I was at the, I work at a restaurant and I was uh, helping out because we're at limited staff. So everybody kind of pitches in doing dishes and stuff like that. So everybody's doing kind of everything, you know, running yeah. food, doing dishes, cooking We've food. all been there, baby. Understaffed, so running around. Everybody's doing everything. Uh, and I was out, I was in the back, I was scrubbing cheap hands and that song came on. I had my music playing and I'm like, I'm not only howling at the moon, but I'm howling at some cheap hands and I was howling <laughs> at nothing. And I was just singing, dude, I was having a great time doing dishes by myself. It's yeah, a, it's a good time when you're listening to some music and you're just doing like a menial task. That is a thing when you're, when you're working a job and you're just like, you you need to escape your job for a minute and you just mm-hmm. take your earbuds in and you're like, all right, so this isn't that big. Oh no, this was out loud and I was singing out loud too. Atta boy, I'm proud of you. <laughs> uh, my last pick, I, I, I went Bruce Springsteen. I might as well go Tom Petty too. Oh, uh, I was go. cleaning my wife's car today and uh, through my headphones came Saving Grace by Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. Uh, what mm-hmm. a fucking tune! Like mm-hmm. great driving music for deep one. Cut. Deep cut. This is older. Like this is older Tom Petty. This is when we <laughs> were in like grade school. But like, just on fucking believable song. Rest in peace, Tom Petty. All time gooch. Great guy. I'm glad I got to see him live before. You Me died. too, man. When did you see him? I saw him at Bonnaroo. Oh wow! And uh, so we were we were having a good time. We were drinking and stuff, and um. And Tom Petty's up there, and he's playing, and he's singing, and he sounds great. His band's doing wonderful. You know, everybody's killing it. And then he's about to play American Girl. So he gets up on the microphone, and he goes, all right, and now here's the one that started it all. <laughs> and we were like, he's Uncle hammered. Tom's drunk. <laughs> Dude, when I saw him, I was like 12. It was my second concert ever. It oh, was wow. Tom Petty and the Allman Brothers. Damn. I was 12. And I was like, this guy's fucking wasted. <laughs> I knew. Uh, all right, that's a great pick. Uh, a Jim, Jimmy, what's yours? Uh, so I'm going to go with a little Bonnie Morning Jacket here. There you go. I'm going to go. This is a very uh, Jimmy list. This is a very Jimmy list. Uh, what's the name? Yeah, I'm going to go with um, Off the Record by My Morning Jacket. It's on their album called Z or Z if you're Canadian. Uh, but it's. Uh, it's off the records and uh they start off with this like like slow like uh kind of like weird uh 
808 drum machine beat. Interesting. And they start off that, and then it rips into a guitar. Or hold on, is it the opposite? Yeah, it ends with like this 808 beat, but live they start with that 808 oh, beat dope. and kind of build and build up a jam, and then they go into the and they get into it man it's fucking, very my morning jacket yeah yeah if you listen to it you will enjoy it I dude swear you put me on the jim james solo shit too and i love yeah. jim james solo yeah shit. and if we want to have an honorary mention the uh the whatever tapes with uh marcus Mumford oh the new basement tapes hell the new basement yeah tapes yeah if we want to have an honorable mention with the uh uh when I get my hands on you. Oh, it's such a great song. Uh, dude. That's such a good song, man. Shout out to Taylor Goldsmith from Dawes because he was the real MVP of those sessions, dude. He was a monster. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's like a whole uh, documentary about it. The this. documentary is amazing. You have to watch I it. I haven't watched it. Yeah, I got to. All right. Before we head into our interview with Tyler Boone, let's go into my new segment that I've created just for me and Jimmy. We are the band. I'm like, no, Eric's probably the biggest nerd in the band, but we are the yeah. biggest superhero nerds in the band. Yee. This is Colin and Jimmy's Nerd Corner. Uh, me and Jimmy were actually in the studio together just working on a new song the other day. We're like, we need to do a whole podcast of us just talking about nerd shit. Nerd stuff, man. So I just have a couple written down here I want to go over that we can geek out about. Uh, Let's start off. The Batman trailer. Holy shit, dude. So good. And I love it. So it's, uh, for those of you who don't know, I will introduce the movie to you. So the trailer, uh, it's Batman about two years in, I think it is. Yeah, he's in his detective phase. Yeah, yeah. He's new Batman. He's new on the streets, you know, uh, Gordon's still a detective, blah, blah, blah. And it's uh, the main uh, villain is the Riddler. And but I love how they're doing it because he's leaving little notes and he's leaving like it's like Zodiac. And they're yeah. And they're all they're, and it, like people have figured it out using like what yeah, Eric you, Voss already figured it out. Yeah, That's like a cryptogram Bob. style, like, oh, it, these are double letters, so these are going to be the same letter. And usually it's like an no, S or an L. Pattinson looks great. The the And apparently, I've been seeing a lot of talk, apparently there's going to be two suits. Like, that first suit is going to get blown up early in the movie, and he's going to have, like, the old-school gray suit with, like, the yellow emblem. Like, oh, really? Like, the, the animated series. Like, yeah. oh, dude, I think Pattinson's going to be fucking fantastic. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. He looks great, and he's looks actually great. a really good actor. He, he just gets is. pigeonholed because he did twice. And people but he like, all he's done since Twilight is like fucking the like indie movies. Yeah, and legit ass indie movies. I never, I didn't see the uh, Lighthouse yet, but I hear that's amazing. I haven't seen it yet either. But it's just him and Willem Dafoe on a fucking rock. Right, and and there's a hours. big campaign online for Willem Dafoe to play the Joker in his in the in the uh, Pattons wow. the Pattinson universe. Bro, I don't even want to see the Joker right now. I, I'm so I, Jokered I, out. Yeah, there's a lot of Joker. We've been overflowed with Joker. Let's get some weird like I want to see a good Riddler. Like yeah. Jim Carrey, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a fucking corny Riddler. Well, I mean, but, dude, there's so many good Batman villains. First off, the, who was the the last good Batman vil- or the last Batman villain? Period was Bane. I thought Bane was awesome. I thought Tom Hardy did an amazing job, especially because in the comics, Bane's like a bumbling idiot. Like he's not like really like a, a sentient human. He's like a fucking yeah. zombie, basically. They made him into a badass motherfucker. He's also Mexican. Can really? We, yeah, yeah. Bane is Mexican. I did not know. Bane that. is supposed to be Mexican. Yeah. Well, Tom Hardy was not. I forget uh, what Bane's real name is, but he's he's a Mexican he's a fanatic. I didn't know that. Well, then mm-hmm. he, well, I mean, look, that's why he wears a luchador mask. I didn't know that. Yeah, like in the cartoons, you see yeah, what that yeah, mask. He has, he has but it's mask a luchador, on. yeah, and he gets pumped with uh, uh, whatever the I forget what the thing is called the, yeah, the serum like a, that he gets. Yeah, he has like fucking like pipes in him in the yeah, comic because he's like really that. scrawny, and then 
he gets pumped full of this super soldier serum. serum. <laughs> yeah, some kind of serum. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's how it becomes this big bane. And he's not just some dude who escaped a prison from in the Middle East. Like I Bro, don't know where that came. from. I, I don't care. They didn't. I I thought the Dark Knight was Rises good. was great. Yeah, um, it was good. I'm really excited. I want to see them bring a Robin in, but I don't want them to bring in like cheesy Robin. I want like Nightwing Robin. Like I want like oh yeah, you want like later I want red, Robin. I want Red Hood Robin. Red I want to see Evan. that whole storyline. Uh, well, there uh, isn't there a. Uh, either i think it's a game coming out a new video well there was game coming there was an, out and, one of the arkham knights comic or uh video games was the red hood storyline like jason todd dies and then he comes back right but you need the joker in that so we'd have to see the joker again so i don't know yeah killing I'm, joker. Not, I'm not i'm not i'm not gonna fucking complain about it the joker or long halloween long halloween long halloween is what this is based off basically right because it's like this like but like uh carmine falcone's in it and it's john tartura who's an amazing yeah. actor yeah and, like I can't wait to see like the. Pe- I think the penguin is like the dumbest, to, like villain. Like wait, I'm not if a penguin. you do him right, you can do him good. Like yeah, well, it's Colin I mean, Farrell. Have you seen the video yet of Colin Farrell as penguin? He, look, he doesn't look like Colin Farrell at all. The whole time I watched it like two or three times. I'm like, where the fuck was Colin Farrell? And I like they're like like maybe in the eyes, maybe and a maybe. big maybe, but they like give him like a new, completely new jawline. They can give him a whole new face. All I know is the Paul Dano Riddler is going to be fucking incredible, and I can't wait to see it. I think I think he's going to do really well with the riddler and i i love how they're playing into like even with the trailers and they've only shot like a third of the footage yeah but but they get a trailer and there's like clues in it already which is freaking nuts and they're all corny riddles like what does the what does a uh what does a liar do when he's dead he lies (laughs) lies still. still so he not only is he lying still he's lying like he can't move still lying but he's still lying and it's like that's riddler as fuck and Shout that's out to I matt like. reeves dude this movie's gonna be sick all right I, I got like two more okay. apparently black widow is getting pushed back again and it's Why? not because money that's it okay i gotta be completely honest i'm not that excited for black widow because one i've already seen her character end so like, right. I'm kind of like, although I'm ex- I'm excited to see Yelena Belova come in as like the new Black Widow, mm-hmm. and apparently Florence Pugh in this movie is gonna be fucking badass. Right. Um, but I've watched so many theory and spoiler videos, I already know what's gonna happen in the movie. Right, but there's also a thing where I think I saw this on maybe New Rockstars, but uh, it'd be cool way to introduce some characters and maybe this is why they're pushing it back that they haven't had yet like x-men like so we're going to russia we're going to um you Colossus? know yeah yeah exactly so what's his name Ale- uh the dude alexi? from stranger things is oh, freaking- uh, david harbour is alexi da- in the movie yeah, yeah alexi he's uh the red red guardian guardian he's um he's breaking out of a russian prison i've seen that video so you see, you saw some so with like the they, bear in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if if he's breaking out of this prison, who better than to help him break out of this prison than fucking Rasputin himself, fucking Colossus, <laughs> breaks down the door, and then uh, he gets out, and that's how he gets out. I'm and, just so you know, it's a jailbreak kind of thing. The last thing I wanted to bring up is kind of like. I just want to know about the Fantastic Four and the X-Men at this point. Like, I'm so... Because I'm actually really overly excited for the Eternals because I think the Eternals is going to introduce 
the idea well, of X-Men. The Eternals is going to have like a lot of time that it takes out because it's going to be from ancient times to modern day. So it's going to have a lot of fucking time. I think that Namor is going to get introduced in the okay. Eternals because they say that, that you're probably going to see the fall of Atlantis. So you'll mm-hmm. see Namor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to the end of it, maybe the end credit scene, they're going to introduce the X-Gene. Oh. I think it has something to do with like the deviants and and the Eternals fighting on Earth, and that's why yeah, it really yeah, and, it, and it it goes into something. Yeah, okay, that's where the mutation starts. But I'm, I'm like so hesitant to like get my hopes up for a Fantastic Four situation because not only have they fucked it up a couple times, but more than anything, how do you bring those powers into modern times and make them cool, like stretchy arms or being invisible? Like you have to like you have to use them for their brains, right? Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, super stretchy. How do you make that? You can make it look cool, but it's like you gotta, you gotta do it right. Like I've ar- I've already watched like fucking Iron Man fly around and zap people and like fucking more machinery. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. I've seen some. It's like I've seen. Yeah, and you gotta make Johnny things. Storm look really cool too. Oh, like yeah. when he when he goes flame on, you gotta make that look not as corny. Yeah. And the thing, like, what are you going to do with the thing? That's like, what I'm saying their powers don't like translate to being cool now, but like they are also geniuses. So it's kind of like, so you use them for like, yeah, they're smart. Kind of in the the, the Tony Stark, like when Tony Roll. Stark is, you know what I mean? But like, you just have to give them cool shit because like yeah. stretchy arms is not going to sell it for me in in 2020. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hashtag Mr. Krasinski for Mr. Fantastic. That's the only choice. That's All right, Jim, choice. we're gonna we're gonna pass it over to our interview with Tyler Boone. You guys have to listen to this. If you're interested in, you know, how to get your music popping on Spotify, if you're interested in the industry itself, if you're interested in being an artist, a touring artist, and how you can diversify and make more money and just, you know, have a better career in general, listen to this fucking interview. Mm-hmm. Before we head over, once again, shouts out to High Brew Coffee. Uh, grab it at Wawa. Grab it online. 10% off. Promo code Foxtrot. There are, that's our fucking people. Take care of them. Love hybrid. Uh, Jim, anything before we go? Uh, stay up, y'all. Next Nerd Corner, we're going to talk about Flashpoint. Oh, let's go. All right, guys. Mm-hmm. Fuck you guys. We love you. Love you. How you feeling? You feel all right? All right, ladies and gentlemen. Today's guest for the Kill Your Internet podcast is a true renaissance man. We got Mr. Tyler Boone on the podcast. Tyler, how are we doing today, buddy? Good, man. Good. It's uh, What time is it now? It is... Two o'clock, so it's five o'clock for you. Yes, sir. Dinner time. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, I'm glad we got this in because football is on tonight, so we actually have football back. So I'm excited to actually be able to zone out and just watch football for four hours. That's my <laughs> nice. that's my plan for the weekend. Honestly, Eagles are back on. I'm just ready to I'm ready to zone out watching football, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, nice dude. Like, I cool. am a cartoon character. I am Philadelphia through and through. Like that's all that goes through my brain. So uh, dude, I know I'm not trying to piss you off. I hope I'm not. But I mean, are you a fan of Sunny in Philadelphia? TV yeah. show. Hell yeah. yeah. The green, I, the green man's the baseball, right? He's not, he's not uh, the Eagles, but. Oh, you're talking I about the, the, the fanatic. Yeah. The Philly frenetic, as they called him on the, on the episode. <laughs> dude. <laughs> uh, hate crime. They're all hitting each other. So <laughs> yeah. You got to pound them, dude. <laughs> dude. So I I, I've been saying, I was very excited to have you on because we have a lot to talk about, but I mean, I always start every interview with asking how has quarantine been for you? Obviously you're out in California. So there's obviously a lot of shit going on out there. Yeah, it's uh, it, dude. When it hit, uh, I just moved to, so I, I lived in Charleston. I lived in Nashville. I came out to Charleston, um, and then I moved to my family's from San Diego, and I got family in LA. But I moved to LA in September, and then I moved here when the fires were happening. Now there's fires now, but there's fires happening then. 
And then it was March when COVID hit, right? And then, so I was only here for a couple months and then basically I've uh, been stuck in our apartment the whole time. We just moved here a uh, week ago tomorrow. So we've been in our new house and it's been like life changing. So Dude, it's, I, it was I, tough, man. It was tough. We just had a band on from LA like a week or two ago. They're called the Brevet. Really good dudes. Great band doing good oh, I, things. I, I know the Brevet. I know their, I know their agent. Yeah, lot, good, so. good dude. So we had them on and we were just talking about LA and you've seen kind of like this like exodus of a lot of like, I don't want to say celebrities, but people in the industry that are like, okay, if nothing's going on, I'm yeah. moving out of here. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you did the opposite. Well, you bunkered down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I will tell you this. And the Brave is awesome, man. I, I did some shows with them in Charleston. Good dude. Um, when they play there. Um, but uh, when, the, when COVID hit, basically, like my girlfriend works in the music industry too. We just like kind of pivoted and we're like, this, we're going to focus. And I will say this, I'm not, I'm not grateful for COVID because it's horrible. But what we did is we, I mean, there was nothing else to do. So we would, and I still do it now. I have like 300 unread emails because I moved in and we just got the internet on yesterday. But um, I basically, it kind of like, uh, it extremely catapulted our, my businesses, my, my music, artist formula, and then the bourbon because um, all I did is work, man. And all everyone cares about is, is uh, the internet. So like my, my business has kind of exploded. I'm so freaking busy now. We've had a lot of conversations about, uh, and I mean, it always comes, we always have to qualify it with saying, of course, COVID is terrible. Like it's obviously a terrible thing that's going on in our industry in particular, like we're all shut down. We have nothing that we can do, but I've always been a proponent of saying like, Look at what it's done in the fact that I've gotten to focus. I don't have to worry about being on the road. I don't have to think about 50,000 things. I've compartmentalized and said, I'm going to focus on what I can control and try and build something different and see if we come out on the other side better. I love hearing that out of your mouth because, I mean, you said it right away. You focused and and you've grown your businesses. But like, what has really intrigued me about you is the fact that we talk about diversification all the time. We always talk about you know, doing different things because in the music industry, it seems like we're always kind of like a, a rinse, wash, repeat on the same things over and over again. It doesn't work out. Do the same thing over and over again. You, yeah. on the other hand, have said, fuck the system. Let's try something different. And I love it because it's working out. You're doing great. Well, thanks, man. It's a, it, it's, it, it definitely, uh, <clears throat> when it comes to like, the, the norm like of touring I toured for years yeah I, I, I used to make my money is I used to do cover gigs all the time too when I wasn't on the road right in there buddy like dude I would do I would do three days sometimes you know what I mean you go do the brunch one and then you go meet your buddy up for like a, a duo gig and then at night you got like the trio thing well that's Nashville and, baby that's Nashville right there oh that, that was Charleston really and, and that no yeah no, Charleston is huge on that there's and this is why I pivoted where I was like, I need to change something in my life because um, in Nashville, Broadway, right? But you, that's a little different. You know what I mean? And those gigs are very coveted because as soon as you go, hey, I got to hit the road, the next guy's in and they'll oh, never yeah. get into it. There's a lot of people but, out the door waiting to take your spot. Because if, dude, you, make, you make some money, dude. You can make four or $500 a day. I know. But here's the, here's the issue with that. I got asked to, do, to, to join one and I was going to do it. And they're like, you got to learn 300 songs like in a week. Mother and I was going to be the singer and I was like, Oh my God. And it was, um, <clears throat> what's the bass player that Victor Wooten, it was his brother, another Wooten guy who plays like a crazy, like Jackson B. I yeah. was going to be band with them. And I was like, Oh man, like this is really cool opportunity. But then I was like, but I didn't move to Nashville to be in that band. I moved to Nashville to do the original thing. And so I call that like the kiss of death in my yep. opinion. There's so many dudes and, and, and girls that I know that moved to Nashville, they get into it because dude, 
I had six part-time gigs when I lived in Nashville. I worked on a food truck and all this other shit. And, um, it, you know, that's what I did to get by, but I could have done another thing, but I felt like I would have been doing that forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when I moved back to Charleston, the one thing you can do is you can balance it and you can do cover gigs every day. And there's guys that are, what I am getting at here is I eventually wanted to pivot because dude, I mean, Oh my God, when you have like a, like a day job or something, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I can go make twice as much as doing this all day playing, you know, Bill Withers and stuff like yeah. whatever. And I did it for a long time and I made a really good living with it. I had more money than some of my friends did with nine to fives. Right. But crazy. what ends up happening is, is you start like drinking all the time yep. and it's late nights. And then next thing you know, you're hungover. So then you have a cheeseburger yep. and then you start looking like shit. You know yep. what I mean? And I saw a lot of guys that were older than me that have been doing it forever. And they're just like, just like, just like weekend cover gig dudes. And you make good money, but then you look at them and they're like, you know, they're still trying to figure out how to be a musician. Like I'm still trying to get famous, man. And I'm like, eh. So eventually I took the dive out of it and I was really nervous because like, man, I make a lot of money doing this. And then I, I already had artist form going, but I started focusing more on it. And then as soon as I did, it just kind of exploded. So. I mean, dude, it's a, it's a fantastic business model. And, and, and so much of like our conversation too, once again on the podcast is talking about there's so many rules that artists aren't like aware of. And there's so many avenues that you can go down like a streaming route that people don't take advantage of. And they only think sure. that like, Oh, I have to get these top Spotify playlists, which by the way, people don't know how closed those doors are 90% of the time. Yeah. You found a route to say, okay, artists, we can work with this Spotify shit. We can build you up and you don't basically have to sell your soul. Like you want to talk, explain the artist formula because we've utilized it and I'm going to be completely honest. When people tell me that play, like they have like independent playlisting and all that, I'm always skeptical. For sure. You, For sure. you fucking proved it on this one. So explain the business. Well, so uh, it, Spotify playlisting is a very dirty word, right? Because you get those DMs of like, yo man, hundred thousand followers, you know, you know, 50 bucks, hit me up, you know, here's my Google <laughs> cash, you know, hit me all the Venmo. And the thing is, if you don't know how to test them, where if you, you know, like chart metric, right? That's a great tool. You can just type in the curator and then go to the bottom. And if it's like, if it shows you that it's decreasing or it's not increasing at all, or it, it just shows the activity of it every month, right? Right. If it's nothing's happening, either it's a dead list, right? And so they went to the website, they just bought followers on it. Yep. Or number two is maybe it was active at one point, but it's not active anymore. Like there's all those playlists and I'm not hating on them. No, you but, can feel free. I hate on it all the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hate away. Uh, but like the, the typical ones, if you Google like top 10 Spotify curators, third party, it's like Indie Mono, Song Picker, and I'm not hating on Song Picker, Song Picker is a really cool one. But like what I'm saying is like that, the big one is like 100,000 followers, but then it's like you get maybe 100 streams a month out of it, right? Because probably the artists that followed it, and they don't listen to it every day. Right. Well, what we do is different, is we never turn off our ads. My ads kind of dip today, so I got to fix them. Uh, it happens all the time. You just eventually, how you do these ads, they just want you to spend more money and you go adjust it and make the click smaller um, and it gets faster again. But, and then also we spend a shit ton of money to do this. Like between, and I'll just say, we spend like a thousand dollars a week, which I would have fallen over right. in Nashville because I was so freaking broke, right? Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap. But now, you know, the idea is when you get into this game and I teach a lot of artists and I teach a lot of labels this too, is what you're, what you're getting sales back from the streams then you can start breaking even on your ad and then eventually maybe, maybe start getting profit on it. Right. Um, and I do, I've known guys and you're not supposed to do this. Right. And I don't care. I'll say it. Um, people, I've never done it, but people, uh, sell list. Right. Yeah. 
And uh, there's this one list we have that uh, we, we have access to. And I, I know the, the guy that bought it, he bought this one list. It's almost like 800,000 followers for like 40 grand. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And I was oh like, like he bought a piece of nothing. You know, because what if it doesn't work out? Right. You know I mean? But if you know how to do these ads, you can get it back up again. Also, too, once it's like if it's the SEO score within Spotify, like my, my indie rock list, which you guys are on. Yes, sir. That one, there's another indie rock one I saw recently and it went past mine. And I think what I'm assuming is they probably saw ours because ours was number one and now right. it's number two. And I think they probably, they probably either, I mean, they, they jumped like 30,000 followers in the day because we were both at like 40. And now theirs is like right under 70. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, either they went and bought some followers, right? Or they just spent like a couple grand on some ads. You know what I mean? Bro, do you, so ever, think, like, do you uh, ever think about this? Like think about 10 years ago, right? So we're all starting out as artists. Imagine the conversations, like trying to explain the conversations we're having right now to like, like past us. We would sound <laughs> fucking crazy. It'd be like, yeah, yeah, how many yeah, CDs yeah, did yeah. I sell in this month? It's not that anymore. Dude. No, 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 no. And the craziest thing is too, I try to explain to people because they ask like, you know, how do you work on the Spotify shit? And I'm like, one, the rules change all the time. And yep. two, you have to be diligent about doing shit on your own. You can't wait for somebody else to make this shit happen for you. You can't wait for an Ali Hagen door for someone to see your, just yeah. randomly see it because yeah. people, once again, people don't know. Like a lot of these things are major label farms. Like they work stuff through. And I feel like I'm going to get killed for saying this. I feel like somebody's going to snipe me from Spotify. No, but- no, 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 no. I mean, dude, it's, it's, it's super obvious. Like, we now get hired by like majors, all three majors hires. Right. And what kind of blows my mind that the majors do it. And they were like, you can't tell anybody. Right. I was like, well, all right. I didn't sign anything. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I know this shit and I'm just an idiot in Philadelphia. You're not doing that great of a job of hiding. But they, they they don't know how to do it, but they still go out and vendor. They, They call us a vendor and they hire us to do it. But all those, all those clients and then, you know, on create music group, another one we, we do it with, um, which they're an amazing company. They're like the second fastest growing company, not music company, company in America. On wow. 5,000. I was like, what? They do like tech nine and marshmallow and oh, cool. they're really, they're a really cool company. Uh, they're in Hollywood too. But what I'm saying is, uh, you know, all because, because it's the company and then when they pitch it, the Spotify says in these blogs all the time, like we don't favor anybody. And everyone's like, yeah, freaking right. You know what I mean? But I landed a client of mine <laughs> last week from, a, from Atlanta. He's actually from Philly a guy named Jeff Riddle. Uh, it's a punk band called 500 bucks. The guy's a new movie. He had a movie that just came out called uncle Pecker. It's really oh, funny. Sweet. It's about a zombie and it's all his music in it. And we, cause I have distribution of the orchard now as a label. Oh, nice. And so, and so he's like, Hey, I'll put it through you. He's like, cool, let's do it. And you know, we have best practices too, where this is another crazy thing. We're like, what the hell are you talking about? The old us best practices now is you upload something four to six weeks out because you want the editorial, not just Spotify, but all the editorial to look right. at it. We uploaded it like eight days out. I was like, I told him, I was like, dude, I don't think I'm going to get anything. And he landed official Spotify and Apple. So, Outstanding. I don't, so then that blows your mind too. Like, wait, how did that happen? So right. it's just a crazy world, you know? Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. And, and we've had, the, the craziest thing is like, we've had situations where we've had singles or EPs and like, we have like national radio, K-Rock, the Out of Water show, like NPR, yep. World Cafe. And we're like, dude, there's no, like we put it in our pitch. And we're like, there's no way this isn't going to get on this editorial playlist. It didn't. Sure. No yeah. idea. No idea. But you know what? Yeah. You just pick up your ball and try again. That's all you can really do. Uh, you know, that's the thing, too, that people don't understand. Like, you know, one of my artists, John De Nicola, mm-hmm. uh, he's, like, got to be in his 60s. He wrote, like, the whole track to uh, um, Dirty Dancing in the 80s, like, Hungry Eyes, like the new Jack in the Box commercial on Hulu. Yeah. Like, Hungry Eyes, that's his song. 
But that's the original. He's now an artist for the first time, right? Wow. And so you would assume because of that, he would get all this stuff and he didn't, right? But he is now uh, charting on hot AC billboard at like top 20. So, you know, it doesn't always relate. You know, one thing we get a lot too is a lot of people that are like on XM radio or like radio. Like I got another radio client coming next week. They're charting on active rock. Um, They don't ever correlate. And people, right. but the programmers, the old, the older dudes and gals, they're like, they'll go look at Spotify, and they want to think they're breaking that artist. Yeah, they never. They never I get all the time. Like, do you have any case studies where you know we start working with you and it starts affecting radio? I'm like, how would I have anything? Yeah, you that? have no control over. It. The funny thing is, too, like the thing I've always enjoyed about radio. So we've done like radio conferences, and we've done, you know, we always stop at radio stations on tour. I've always yeah. felt that like radio is something you can build a relationship with. Cause I feel like I'm dealing person to person. I've always yeah. felt like DSPs and things like that. I haven't gotten to that point yet where I have that person to person relationship. Is that something you've seen build? Like have you had worked with any artists that you've seen them build that relationship with Spotify or is it kind of just through you and then hopefully get picked up by editorials? Uh, not really any art- artists that I know, but I mean, I've done it. I used to get, I used to get official stuff and I know a lot of people on Spotify, but now it's just harder. Yeah. Um, like I'm on this one called Torch and Twang. Well, no, no, no. Now it's called Soft and Slow. It was called Torch and Twang for a long time. <laughs> it's like a, it's a very Casey Musgraves, Rustin Kelly, Americana list. That's right up my alley, bro. And I love it, right? But that was because I knew somebody, right? And then uh, I've gotten a, I'm on a couple. It's that one app. No one really uses it. It's called Spotify Stations. It's just like Pandora. Mm-hmm. It's like a pink Spotify symbol. So I'm on a couple of those. Um, so, I mean, with me, it's because I used to, like, hustle. I, I send everybody a bottle of bourbon all the time. And same We with don't radio. all have the, the, the you know, <laughs> ability to send out our own bourbon, bro. By the way, before we, before we switch back to music, how the fuck did that happen? I'm a bourbon guy. It's my drink. I love yeah. bourbon. That how did bottle, that ha- is that a bottle of Buffalo Trace right there? That is a bottle of Buffalo Trace. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. a couple <laughs> bottles of vermouth back here. I actually nice. had, for my wedding, I got married in October. Like uh, nice. my, my cousins, actually Eric, who's one of the guitar players in the band, bought me cool. like a three and a half liter thing of bullet, and I never thought I would ever finish it. Never thought I'd ever finish it. Oh, you, you finished the fuck out of that. I didn't touch it till quarantine started, and then like a month into quarantine, it was just gone. And my <laughs> wife was like, "My wife was like, did you fucking finish that?" And I was like, "I did. I did." Yeah. <laughs> Dude, oh, have I, you always been a bourbon guy? Yeah, when I lived in. Nashville, uh, this is how it happened. It's not an endorsement deal. I saved up, I saved up gig money just playing cover gigs. Yeah, uh, to do it, and then it, then it became a family thing. My dad got involved after I got it going because he was retired, and I was like, you know, it was actually a good thing. I was like, Dad, you need to get off the couch. Of course, like you're not because you know, when, when 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 a man goes from working all the time then retires, they don't know what the hell to do. Oh and yeah, I'd, I'd come over and be like, "You've you been sitting on the couch all day." He's like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do." You know what He's mean? like, "What day is it, dude? Is this Wednesday or Thursday?" Yeah. I was like, "Not really, like, Dad." You're gonna get old. You need to get off the couch. And so um, now he's involved and he's super gung ho about it. It's really cool. So now it's a father son thing. But uh, I moved to Nashville in 2015, and I had a deal, kinda, with uh, Kenny Chesney's people. Oh, there you go. His name's Clint High. I'm the manager. And basically, it was a lot of like big meetings, like the big long tables. And it was a very, if you ever watch, this is the best way to describe it. If you ever watch uh, Sonic Highway's Foo Fighters documentary, uh, they, they do Nashville and they get yeah. Dan Arbach, Black Keys, and Carrie Underwood, and they're talking about that music bro deal where they get you, the best looking dude or chick. And then you don't, in the country world, like I, I cone a songwriter festival called the Charles Songwriters Festival. It's a very Nashville thing. It's a company out of Nashville that does it. 
and it's all about number ones. It's a big country thing to be like, oh, I got three number ones, man. And it's it's all bro country music, and I yeah. hate that stuff. You do you uh, I mean? do you happen to know Rob Snyder by any chance? He wrote uh, yeah. Rob Snyder was a guest on the podcast. He's actually from Westchester, Pennsylvania, where I went to college. And me and him have become friends recently. He had a number one. I think he did the the Charleston Songwriter Festival, I think. But does he have a beard? He does have a beard. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he played our thing. Yeah, and I will say though, like, I, like even talking to him, like, like I'm I'm infatuated with the Nashville songwriter world because I I've, I've been an outsider who comes in as a mercenary and I write down there. I'll go into the NSAI building and I'll write on oh, music nice. and I'll write on nice. music row and stuff, but. I'm always infatuated with people that are in that 24/7. Did you live that life? Were were you a were you a music row guy? I had I had a lot of those. I did the same thing you did. Outsider. I was I was at NSAI. I was at a whole bunch of pub, like Dan Hodges public. I used to write with a whole bunch of those people, and I used to go in there and be like, ah, oh, because like you know it's G C D E minor. You every know what time, I mean, dude? Every goddamn yeah. time. <laughs> you know, and I'm like. Another capo, sick. Oh dude. yeah, <laughs> I, dude. I used to have, I because like, I'm I'm planning on going back down soon. But now I have my kind of like friends there that I'll write with, and I'll write with anybody. I really will. I've actually, I just went. I was out in LA right before this, um, working with some people, uh, writing too. So, but with Nashville, there's always like one out of every three writes start with the guy just comes in and he looks kind of hungover and he's just yeah. like, so. Trucks, what are we doing today? What's the song about? Are we doing whiskey? What is it? And I'm just like, if you want Dude. an outside ear, bro, I'm from Philly. That shit's corny to me. I don't know what to tell you. Like, can we just write something real here? And it's got it. But I will say, I've it's had a so yeah, it's a formula. And it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I fully enjoy the opportunity to go into a room with somebody I don't know and see what the fuck happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 super uh, uh, good to work that muscle. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Cause that's hard. You know what I mean? The first oh, time yeah. I did it, uh, first time I did it, it was really, you know, nerve wracking, man. Hell yeah. yeah. I was like, how about you lead it? You know what I mean? And then, but then that's when I was like, eh. cause the guy was like, you know, I just feel like writing about a, a 1980 Corvette. And I literally was like, <laughs> I was pissed off. I was like, do you know what a 1980 Corvette looks like? And I Googled it. I'm like, that looks so lame, dude. And he's like, <laughs> Oh, how about a 64 or something? It was just dumb. But <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, I don't know what the fuck that means. My yeah, first yeah, yeah. time writing on Music Row, uh, I flew in from Philly. My first write was at 9.30 at a 6 a.m. flight. I, I, was, bet, I bet you were super like excited and nervous. Oh, wait. Here's the best story. Uh, I'm writing with this guy named Charlie Chamberlain, who has become a friend and a co-writer. He actually co-wrote one of the songs on the new album. Cool. And uh, my plane almost went down on the flight there. Oh my! What were you flying? A shitty airline? I was flying Southwest. By the <laughs> way, South Southwest, go fuck yourself. Uh, so I'm asleep. On I'm in like the wing seat, and all of a sudden I I wake up and there's a bang, and I nobody on the plane reacted, and I like looked out the window and I was like that always, that always freaks me out. Yo, so the stewardesses, the lights come on, the stewardesses start running, and I was like, oh, shit. oh fuck, dude. And so nobody says anything. Nothing happens. The stewardesses are like, we're just going to get the trash early. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the pilot comes on and goes, hey, if anybody heard a bang on the right side of the plane, we lost the engine on that side. So we still have the engine on the other side. We should be good to make it to Nashville. Enjoy your flight. And I was like, what the Oh, fuck? my God. Nobody says a word still. Wow. I'm sitting in my, pl- my seat. I'm like, dude, we're going to fucking die. We land. And this is how I know it was serious. The whole 
airstrip was lined with fire engines. They thought we were going to blow up. Oh my God. I land and my hands are like this. Like Dude. I get, I drive right to the NSAI building and I go in and, Char- and Charlie's sitting there and I got my head, in my hands. I'm like, like this. And he's like, hey, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. buddy, did you get, did you catch a bad one last night? Like, you all right? And he was like, I was like, I almost just died, dude. He's like, he's like, let's write a song about that. That was my first experience on music. Row. Oh, wow. That's outstanding. Dude. That's crazy. Now it's my boy. Now we're friends. So, well, you know, Southwest, they like repaint old planes. I don't even fuck Southwest. So that's what they do. They take old planes and they repaint them. They sent me a $75 voucher and I hit them back and I'm like, dude, fuck you. Hook it the fuck up. Let's go. I want a couple flights here, bro. So (laughs) I did fly. I I did. I did fly Southwest again for free. I mean, Southwest used to be a direct flight from Nashville to LA and then. Uh, Charleston, but today they announced JetBlue now has direct flights from Charleston, LA. But I think JetBlue sucks too. So whatever. <laughs> whatever. Well, you let's talk. Freak you out. Let's talk about LA because this has been a we've had a lot of people on from LA, so this is a popular topic for me. For sure. Um, for sure. Being you're from South Carolina, you're a Southern boy. You lived in Nashville. You spent your whole life basically in the Southeast. Yeah. What is it like living in LA now and being kind of immersed in like that community? I think I think uh, I took my experience from Nashville. Because I moved there like big eyed, like, oh my God, because I had that deal with Kenny Chesney's people that I turned down and that I learned a lot from that because I turned it down because it was a bro country deal. Right. And and, uh, that was it. And then I remember the last meeting we had, they, there, it was really funny. It was, uh, they just signed that band old dominion. um, Oh, wow. That's bro country as it gets, dude. And what they do is they get, let's say they signed your band, right? Foxtrot. And what they do is you go on tour with Kenny Chesney. Right. And so that's how they get you big. Cool. And so they, and then, then they, they just had Jake Owen. I can't stand him either. And so it's like, it's like a, it's a, it's a business. Right. Of course, man. And so they were like, who's your favorite country artist? And I was like, and I don't really listen to that. And so I, I love Will Hogue. He's like Americana. And I was like, how about Will? And I was touring with him. And that's how I met my best friend, Sean, who started ours for him. He's not a part of ours for anymore. We're going golfing tomorrow, but he just, he's just doing his own thing. And he was managing Will. And that's how we met. And but anyway, I was like, I love Will Hogue. And they go, well, he's not that country. And all of a sudden, they all started looking around. They're like, I don't think this kid does what we do. You know what I mean? Oh and so then, they, then Clint was like, uh, hey, man, like, just so you know, I only do this kind of music. And I will not be upset. It was totally cool. I will not be upset if you want to do something else. And I was like, well, I, I just can't sing about beer in like red dirt roads, you know? Which is and so weird so, because Kenny Chesney has his sides to him that aren't as bro country. Like, you know what I mean? Well, like, he's also Kenny Chesney. You know right, I mean? exactly. And so he's so big. But Trop Rock is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like Florida. Um, have you ever heard of that kind of scene? The BMI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like very Nashville. Of course. They call it Trop Rock because they're all singing with beer on the beach. Um, but anyway, all I'm getting at is. After that, I was like, well, shit. You know what I mean? That was kind of my thing when I moved here. And so I, I hustled hard. I'm sh- I love radio. I, I just went through the single. I'm sure you know Lightning 100. Lightning yeah. 100 produ- or premiered our song for the first time in July. And I fucking almost cried real tears, dude. I was so they, excited. They choose like song of the week or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's awesome, man. Uh, dude, keep- I- all that was all I ever wanted. When I come into Nashville and like, I was like, this is because we have WXPN in Philadelphia is our yep. non-commercial. Yep. And Bruce Warren has been a guest on the podcast. He's the guy who runs it. He runs Raw Cafe for NPR. I call him my dad. Like He's just my boy at this point. We talk about Springsteen. Yep. Uh, but Lightning 100, I went down there and I'm like, I want that. I want that so bad. And yeah, I fucking it's, finally it's, got it. It's like, it's like 
dude, I am not like the young, dumb kid in Asheville. Like, I got Lightning 100 now. You know what yeah, I mean? exactly. Well, that's my thing, too, because we sat through music meetings in Lightning 100. We did oh, yeah. the old school way to go and sit through the music meetings and meet everybody. Super and you, quiet. <laughs> and then you stand up because we were down there. We were down there for Americana oh, Fest. And we went down oh, and we oh, nice, nice. And after that, we went to the Lightning 100 music meeting. We're all hungover and we're hungry and we're like. And, and, and you're freaking hustling, too. You're, you're, you're the gig, the meeting, Lightning 100. Dude, and then after two hours, they're like, okay, we'd like to introduce Boxtrot. And I was like, hi, I'm Colin. Uh, this song is called Home With Me. And they were like, okay, cool, noted. And then they just went on with their meeting. And I was like, do I have to yep. stay here? <laughs> I was just like, it's very interesting. Uh, it is, first, man. first time I did that, and I, what I'm taking is the Nashville to the LA question. I hustled yeah. hard. Lightning 100, I would buy uh, for credit card. I had no fucking money. I just did a Kickstarter when Kickstarter was still a thing to make a record. Um, but that money was for the record. Right. Even though I had all this money in my account. I was like, oh my God, but I couldn't touch it. And so I went and got my first credit card. It was like $8,000 limit. And so I started buying radio ads with Light 100. Smart, over dude. Over. So we do a show at 12th and Porter or, uh, you know, the, the Basement East. Because that opened up when I was living there. And then all whatever, all the venues, the, the high watt, you know what I mean? We did a lot. And so I've I done all of them, dude. <laughs> but, dude, I so actually what's funny is this shirt right here, this guy Box. Yeah. Buddy of mine, he died. He was the DJ for Charleston, 105.5 The Bridge, AAA station. Same thing, just like Light 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I learned there from a long time, I used to buy radio ads with them all the time. And it's kind of like a way of like, hey, I'm doing business with you as an artist. So here's my single. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, Slide it under the door. You, you know, it's a take hand a look at it. <laughs> it's like if a drug. It, that's cool, man. It's like a hand-to-hand drug deal where you have the CD like piled up in your palm, and it's the high five, and you just go <laughs> yeah. the other way. Well, it's dude, kind I, of like fail in a sense. You know? It's funny. We have very concentric circles. I'm finding out because uh, so Will Hogue was one of my introductions to Nashville. Nice. Will's old bass player when he was signed to Capitol or whatever Atlantic, I think they were Atlantic. his first couple yeah. records. Uh, his bass player's name was Trey Sasser, who is my Nashville guru. He's the guy that signed us for the first time when we went down there. And uh, I've never met Will, but Will has been like a constant, like, um, I don't know, like, a, like a looming looming presence in a weird way because that was what Trace introduced me to himself as. He's like, I used to play bass for this guy named Will Hogue. And then I looked up Carousel, which was their first record, and That's then found one. out he fucking writes for everybody. He's just an amazing songwriter. Yeah, he, uh, he played our songwriter festival last year. I mean, so dude. I booked, I booked him, John Paul White, Yep. which Civil, Civil Wars, Wars, but that's when his album just dropped. So that was huge. Beautiful. He sings like a freaking angel. And then it was Will Hoag. So Will Hoag was funny. John Paul White was like angelic. And then we had White Durrett, Levi Hammond, which uh, is called Yesterday's Wine. But like, he writes, he's one of the biggest writers. He lives in Charleston where I'm from. Um, but he writes for like Jason Mraz, Luke Combs. Oh, um, cool. Big, he's, he has like a whole bunch of awards. He just won from the CMAs, whatever. But, 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 but Wyatt doesn't really sing like he wrote Chicken Fried for Zach Brown. Oh, well, there you he go. He doesn't really sing country. Right. It's like Will Hogue. He doesn't really sing country, but country guys cut it. You ever heard of Donovan Woods? You ever heard of him? I know the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Canadian. Yeah, he's, yeah. Just, he's just like Will Hogue. His, his music's incredible, but then country guys cut it all the time. Well, I mean, uh, dude, I, I, I love that because there's a lot of times I'll send people demos and it's in my accent, my voice. And I'll sure. just, I, right now I'm kind of turning the Philly off a little bit, but I really wanted to, dude. I could just fucking talk like this the whole time. But uh, <laughs> um, so, but like, I love sending people that shit. And like, I can hear initially the reaction is like, I could see this is country, but it's not country. You know what I mean? Yep, I, I love yep. that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Americana. There you go. You know exactly. I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, that. it's all in the same vein. Uh, Amer- Americana Fest is awesome too, man. I, I've done that a whole bunch of times. So I, sick, I, dude. 
it's 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 the coolest thing if you're not in the country world you know what i mean Agreed. like hey like, hey we're a part of americana fest and everyone gets to see it i remember the first time i played it i literally fucking flipped out russ and kelly was playing it uh-huh. uh and i booked the band i used to manage for two years uh driving and crying i know driving and crying yeah yeah, it's from atlanta band. right so yeah, we we actually have a sampler coming out with Driving Crying and myself, John De Nicola, that the guy mentioned, and Finnegan Bell, which I mentioned before too. But um, anyway, uh, I used to manage them forever, and I, the artist formula was like the guinea pig from them because I was managing them on behalf of like, hey man, we need to we need to crush the internet, you know right? I mean? And so my Instagram thing, Spotify, like the only reason like their spot their Spotify was like maybe ten thousand monthly listeners. Now it's like always above a hundred thousand. Yeah, I know. I've seen I've seen the metrics, man. See, this is what I'm talking about. You're a very intelligent human being. I feel like you had a crystal ball a couple of years ago and you were like, this is where it's going. I need to jump in on this. So I, I was I was really drunk on some bourbon. I was like, there oh, you go. On it. Boone's bourbon. You, you you don't say. By the way, yeah. do, what are you doing right now now with the big poster of Boone's bourbon behind you? And I <laughs> So like I, I have a Will Hogue poster where it's like me and him. And that's yeah, yeah. the wall. And then I got I just haven't hung anything up, man. I got Yeah, like, you're new, baby. One of these things. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So yeah, this room looks like I like I like I got nothing going on. <laughs> yeah, that's my, one of the rooms that we record the podcast when we do Zoom sessions. Uh, is my upstairs all like it's my wife who's working right now. She's an SEO actually. It's what she does for a living. Uh, okay. She's taking calls right now, and at seven, I'm gonna high five her and I'm gonna go in there and do it with the band. But you can see like my dog's cage in the back, and there's nothing on the fucking walls. Like we have, <laughs> if you look over here, we have a wonderful display of wedding pictures and all this scenery oh, nice. and then nice. i choose for some reason to record it upstairs in a room that looks like i'm in jail so i don't I, yeah yeah i know before this i was like shit man i don't got anything on the wall i'm gonna look lame <laughs> as fuck. it's like yeah this is my new house you're like dude do you live like in a shithole oh dude you're, house, in, you're in an insane asylum that's so cool that's awesome yeah. <laughs> sick dude well the interview's over yeah uh, all right bye um but uh i guess to get back to what we we're saying dude is i just took the hustle of nashville and that, I took that mindset to L.A. And, dude, L.A. is just like Nashville. It's it is. It's the exact – industry cities always have the same vibe to me, although L.A. has a beach, so I'm always a fan of that. I I really enjoyed – I was out there for like a week and a half uh, in, in January. It was my first time in L.A. I had no idea what oh, to nice. expect. Nice. I could not believe how fucking much I got done. People out there work, and I was surprised about that. I always had been kind of taught that, like, oh, the West Coast works on its own time. Dude, no. People nah, busting their ass out there. It's a, it's a, it's, in my opinion, it was like Nashville was like, I went to college again. And then LA was like graduate school. Yeah. Because what they call Nashville is a songwriting town. And then LA is like the production town. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? And so, oh, I mean, obviously there's songwriters here, but it is hard though. I, I did this tour last summer uh, that we put on called the Seven Sons Tours with me and the Bank on Uncle Dwayne's band. They're like the third, second stream members for like the Grateful Dead and shit. And oh, tight. And so it was like a very insane, like, because I can play like that. I love that kind of stuff, but oh, yeah. I do more songs though too, right? And so it was a really cool tour. We wrapped the, the Sprinter van in the Boone's Bourbon as a ploy to look like we had a sponsorship, even though it was my thing. <laughs> and then, like, what's that? The Cork Dorks in Midtown, it's a big liquor store in Nashville. They carry, I used to work there. They carry the Boone's. We took a big picture in front of the van. It was neat. But what I'm saying is, um, all those guys told me, they're like, when you move to LA, you're going to lose your gig fix. You're going to hate it. Cause there, there, there's not a lot of places to play out here. Yeah. It's now, all like, original music out there. Yeah. And then like, you know, as a songwriter like me, I have to pay my band every time. You know what I mean? 
And so it gets very expensive. Nashville, man, I used to pull out, I used to pull out cash on credit cards to pay my guys. It was insanely scary. You know, yeah, I mean? you know what? At least that shows that shows you're a real musician, that you're a real guy, because you understand the fact that these guys aren't going to do this shit for free. Like that's, that's a because you know what? There's a lot of dudes that would say, "I'll pay you," and then like there's nothing at the door, and they're like, "I got nothing for you, bro." We'll get you next time, though. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and it's 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 super unprofessional. Oh yeah, I mean. It, it really like then the guy's like, well, why the hell am I going to like bust my ass for you next time? You know exactly. I mean? So I used to spend a lot of money on that shit, but you know, we played the hotel cafe right in, in March. You, you said Allison Hagendorf earlier, her, mm-hmm. her buddy, Matt Penfield came out. So that was, Oh, really cool. 20, 20, or was it 25 seconds with Matt Penfield? Good old, uh... I, I tweeted at him. I was like, you want to come out? And he's like, sure. Come he showed up. I was like, and he showed up. I was like, Dude, I used to watch VH1 and MTV. Holy shit. And then what's cool is you knew my bass player, Paul Hill, because Paul plays with Bob Weir and all these awesome dudes. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like Paul. So then I had another, like, yeah, he's my bass player. You know, so that there was There you fun. go. Feather but in the cap. It was it's just a hustle, man. It's just you got to be really professional. You got to work really hard. And like the band, the Brevet, like the, they, they have an awesome agent too. I remember that. I know their old agent. I still work with her a lot with her artists for Spotify and they moved up to APA with my friend, Sarah. And I remember when that happened. She's I'm going to get this band. They're amazing. You should check them out. And then like, dude, they're playing like, what's the one in Napa Valley? Uh, Bottle, oh, Rock. Bottle Rock. Yeah. We were like, talking about that on the podcast. They've done some amazing shows. I booked an artist from Charleston. There's a, there's an amazing room in Charleston. Well, it's out of Charleston. It's like near Hilton Head. It's called, um, uh, what's it called? It's a, bourbon bar and it's a songwriter room um i'll think of it but they played there recently and so i booked my friend katie rose on as an opener you got, if you guys are what's cool about those kind of rooms too when i do like the circuit because the southeast is so different oh yeah you can drive you can drive an hour to the next town right oh yeah and, it, and there's just venues people love i mean i'll, I'll think of the name of the venue but because actually the tour is back up dude it's a hundred person room right but it, every show sells out because oh, it's that's like, so cool it's like, it's like a rich part of town Kind of. So there's nothing else to do. So all these people with cash they just show out. up. And so people like us musicians are like, you know, you're like, wait, you just bought all my merch. It's a, it's a really cool spot. So like, you know, they played that recently and I was like, Hey, will you book my friend Katie as your opener? And the Brevet's like, Oh yeah. But like, but bands like that out here are the ones that stand out. And there's so many artists because what I do with artists formula, I get hit up with where like, I got a guy in Nashville yesterday called me and I can't stand when he calls me now. And I feel better now when it to be like, Hey man, I don't need to take you as a client this time. But when I started, I took everyone cause I was trying of to like, figure it out. But now I'm like, you know, if you don't get it, then I don't have to explain it to you. And there's a lot of artists out here that actually get that, that, that kind of stuff when it comes to the internet and how you have to do it, dude, you gotta, when you drop a single, not even just a record, you get, and you drop the music video with it and then you, you pay the publicist and then you go get it on Spotify and then you go get other ones. Like you're going to spend just as much or twice as much you did to record that thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And people don't realize that once no. I'm really excited to put this one out tomorrow because I feel like nice. so many people come to me with this, these questions and I'm like, how do you not know this shit? How do you not do your homework? How do you not like, you wonder why like things aren't going your way, but you don't do your homework and learning what you're supposed to do. Here's a fucking playbook. Ladies and gentlemen, me and Tyler Boone just laid it out for you. I will say too, a lot of people just put out a single and they have nothing promotional around it. They have no, no teaser, no video, no, like you got to put the money in to make the money. That's the only way this shit works. You don't just put something on SoundCloud unless it's a one in a billion situation. You got to do the work. Yep. yep. Um, there's a guy that I'm helping out now and he did exactly what we talked about. Tom Callahan. You should check him out. Actually okay. you check out this company. It's called Indie Advance. I'm going to be helping them out a whole bunch of stuff. He was the he was the vice president of Virgin Records for a couple of years. Oh, there you go. Um, and what he said 
it was what I've always been saying for a long time is <clears throat> if you can go get it for you yourself, if you can go get yourself a really dope distributor, you know what I mean? So that's one piece of the puzzle. And then you can go find the best artist services or if you want to do it yourself, dude, all the majors, that's all that they do is they no, have that's the all it is. That's all it is. And so if you can do it on your own, then you're kind of like a force to reckon with, man. There you was know? like two years ago where we were with a certain distributor. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a bigger name distributor. I'm not going to say the name, but I remember thinking to myself, like, I fucking did it. Pressure's off me. Like, they can handle the playlisting, pitching, and doing all this yeah. shit. And yeah. then nothing came of it. And I'm like, I gave you guys so much radio and all this. And then I had this realization. I was like, I got to do it myself. Like, I got to yeah. figure out a better way to do this. So many people just allow the, the circumstances to dictate what they do instead of taking the circumstances and changing what the fuck you're doing. And it's how it has to be. Yeah, man. Uh, I had a, I had a deal uh, recently in New York with a label and what I could do was Spotify generates cash. And so I did a lot of effort behind it on two mm-hmm. singles and the single I just put out getting high. And then we, it, it, it was like a top 10 pick on AAA. Uh, it did like six hot picks and then it was like charting as an independent, but they were the label on it and they told me they're going to pay for radio. I paid for it. They're going to pay for XM. I paid for it. I couldn't even get K rock. And I was like, and this guy named, uh, I'm not gonna say his name. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Don't don't, don't <laughs> say the name. <laughs> but they they just didn't do shit, and they they get to collect on my song. You know what I mean? And I'll I'll never see a dime until that's why I'm um, I'm just I'm moving on to a full new record. Um, but they're gonna they're gonna do twenty thousand dollars before I see a dime, and I'm making it for them. Yeah, dude's crazy. Oh my god. Yeah, and but that's they, a- they said like that's the effort we put in it, so it's a salary, and it sucks. Dude, we oh, don't know it's cool, man. If you're, if you're home now, obviously like we all are, uh, and you have your own recording rig, you should get a jammy. Have you seen one of those? No. What's a jammy? Dude, a jammy. So it's like a MIDI keyboard, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. so it's like one of these. But I don't really oh, play yeah. piano, right? And so the jammy is a guitar with real guitar strings on it, and it's a MIDI controller. What? Dude, go, go to YouTube. It'll blow your freaking mind. I'm gonna write a full album. Right here. We're living in the goddamn future. See, this is the thing, too. Because I I was going to ask you this is kind of like my wrap-up question because we haven't really gone into you as an artist as much. But we, as a band, we wrote so much of this new shit in quarantine in six different houses through Zoom, through... Elena told me that. Yeah. Uh, All this shit. It's fucking incredible. We have changed the way that we write songs and the way that we, we, we do things. And we become so much more technically proficient. I am a technical idiot. I am not a, I'm not an engineer. I'm a songwriter. I like to yeah. form that kind of shit out. I yeah. learned because I had to, I let the circumstance, I didn't let the circumstances dictate what I was going to do. I fucking sure. figured it out. Yeah. And I guess my question to you is, do you feel like during quarantine as a songwriter, because obviously as a businessman, you've, you've done a great fucking job, but as a songwriter and as a musician, what has changed for you? Uh, man, I thought as soon as COVID hit, I was going to, I'm going to write so many songs. And it was really the environment we were in because the apartment wasn't so great because we were like on top of each other and we were always there. Yeah. Um, and so now getting a place that's like space, you know, there's like there's like eight rooms in this house. So, so I can go in here and write a song. Bro. And I'm gonna I'm gonna write some killer tunes. You know, and and what's cool too is when you're doing like a record deal thing, you know, they get a little bit of like, hey, maybe you should just do all Americana or all blues rock. And I kept getting shit where like, Fuck yeah, that. dude, I kept getting I kept getting like, well, we can't tell what kind of, I'm like, well, I don't know, man, it's worked. And Whatever so, the fuck I want it to be. I'm dude, artist. Yeah, 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 dude. I'm like, why are you getting in my, like, artistic realm, you know, asshole? Stay you know? in your lane, bro. 
you know, just give me playlist. Yeah, just fucking do your job. I'll handle the music. Yeah, yep, that's yeah, that's yeah. fucking great because I actually had a meeting with people that we had worked before in the sync realm, like just sync licensing out in LA. And uh, I bring them all this new music. I'm super pumped because we had just gotten our first song on K-Rock. I'm in LA the week it happened. I'm like, I'm about to fucking Uh-oh. ball out. And uh, so I show the guy the song, right? I swear to God this happened. I show the guy the song and he just goes, it's not not really like your last record. And I went, yeah, we've grown. I was like, it's it's different. It's the same, but it's different. We added horns. We added a horn section. He was like, yeah, it's cool. And I was uh, like, and he goes, he goes, what's the name of the song that you had on K-Rock? And he, he pulls up my Spotify information. He goes, why does it only have 85,000 streams? Oh, dude, like, come on. I went, I don't fucking know. I just put the song out. I Get the yeah. fuck out of my face. Never got a call back. And I was like, yo, this industry is wicked as fuck. And yep, from yep. that moment on, I was like, I'm going to figure out how to do something different. And I'm not going to depend on these fucking people. Since... Since we've taken a different route, we're working with people like you, we're working with different sync people, we're the podcast, the random people we've made connections with. I can't tell you night and day how much better I feel. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you get to control your own destiny. Yeah, not only that, it's I, I love opening new doors. I don't want to keep treading over old ground. That was a that was a learning situation, and now we're gonna learn from this next one. So you know, I've ne- I had a manager one time, you know, and he, he sad thing like my buddy Box, he passed away years ago. Mm. And I had other opportunities for that. And then I kind of like did have like let people try and do it. And I was like, man, you know what? Like maybe I don't need a manager because um, I'm always, I'm, I'm just a big connector. I'm always just kind of with people and da, 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 da. And so that's when I was like, I just got to do it on my own. The one thing I would love is an agent, but I'll, that shit's not happening ever. Yeah. Again. Don't ever ask for an agent right now specifically because they don't give a fuck about anything. But They're all sitting back. There's a new agency that just came out. Uh, it's called T. Uh, TBA to be announced. Uh, <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? Is that the name? Wait, is that funny. a real thing? It's a real thing. Oh, I thought you were I, fucking with me. No, that's funny. You laugh, <laughs> You're like, oh shit, that's oh wait, it's real. Um, they are actually pretty dope. It, it's kind of like the hustle that everyone's doing is uh, there was all these paradigm agents that got let go. Oh yeah, I knew you know, that. They all hustled and came together. It was all over the news, and I, I know some people that started. I was like, good for you guys. I feel like finality. I feel like this is an episode of Entourage. I feel like this is when Ari gets kicked out of uh, gets kicked out of the agency. Yeah. Starts his own one. Whatever. Work just, well, you know, what, man, fuck it. You know, and people were hating on and on about it. And I remember it was all these like groups and stuff. Like there's all these like manager groups that people always post shit in. And I was just like, no, man. Like why you hate? Why are you knocking on the hustle? Yeah. Because what the fuck? What well, what they're doing is there's no touring, right? There's like people are doing live stream stuff. They're trying to benefit from that, or like doing like drive-in concerts. But uh, what they're doing is they're they're an agency. And so they're working on sinks and branding as, as a booking agency. That's a, that's a genius idea. Yeah, yeah. they're like, well, there's nothing else to do. Let's go get some money. You know what I mean? So it's, oh, cool. it's a great fucking idea. Let me, let me also ask you this. Have you tried the live streaming yet? Uh, dude, I had, I had a company out of Nashville where I was like, this is going to be really cool. Where they were, uh, they wanted the bourbon. And what they're going to do, it's like Flaviar. Like we just did a big deal with Flaviar. I'm stoked about it. But it was like Flaviar where people were going to buy, buy it. And it was going to be sent to them, the bottle of Boons. And then there was going to be like this really nice live stream, supposedly. Uh. Where we have like a tasting. And then I'm going to play. And the guy was putting it on. I was like, wow, this is great. And I was like, we get to sell the Boons. And then uh, we get to sell tickets to this specific live stream. Smart but I was like, smart. but I'm not going to do it on the Zoom. 
hell no. It's going to no, sound like shit. It sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. So I was like, we need to go rent out a studio. We need to make this a real legit thing because it'll make my brand look like crap. And so then the guy posted it on, I just, I, I'll Google Boone's Berm a lot because I'll find new stores and pick it up and I'll reach out to him. Yeah. And so I, I, I like once it's a couple times a week, I just Google Boone's Bourbon and I saw this website and it was their website where they announced without even confirming with me, this is where I was like, Oh my God, I need someone to help me out with this stuff because like just to go yell at them because <laughs> they, they announced it without, it was like September 14th, which, you know, it's like next week, but it was like in August something when they announced it, I was like, wait, what? And it had a ticket link. And it was like live stream. I was like, dude, we don't even have a place for it. Da, da, da. And so I hit the guy up. I was like, you better take that shit down now. I'm not doing this with you. Yeah, so now I, ha- I was going to, you know what I mean? But yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of played out a little bit. My buddy's trying to, oh, yeah. you know, dude, for a second, you go through Facebook. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. We did one with CSAC. We did one with CSAC that went really well. Uh, we went yeah, live on theirs. That's, that's different, though. 100%. We haven't done any, like, we did a virtual festival that had, uh, it was it was called Love from Philly. So it was all Philly's big, like, uh, it was, we did it. Uh, Kurt Vile did it. Uh, Low Cut Connie. Like, all these, like, War on Drugs did it. Like, that's it was neat. great. It was fucking sweet. But I had no interest in playing through my phone. I'm an energy guy live. I need to jump in the crowd. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I have a hard time like doing, we did a couple like live streams with different blogs or radio stations, but sure, for sure, for sure. there's one artist that I saw that did it right. Who's that? And, uh, the name of the band is low cut Connie. They're from Philadelphia. Oh, I know low cut Connie. So low cut Connie, Adam and will their guitar player. They do a, a weekly series called tough cookies where Adam plays in his living room, full force sweating, jumping on his piano. He winds yeah, up guy, in, guy's always rocking. He winds up in his underwear every show. And Rolling Stone picked it up and was like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. But that was their idea. Like, that was their brand. That's exactly... It worked out fucking perfectly for them. I didn't want to try and copy that. Plus, I didn't... I'm not going to do that. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to really have some balls. You know what I mean? If Adam has anything, it's that, dude. He's He's a fucking... He's an amazing performer. I've been talking to his people about having him on the podcast. I, uh, I'd be super intrigued to talk to that guy. Check out, you know, you know, Sixman, right? Just, yeah. So, like, they local kind of did a whole bunch of that shit. My buddy Trey runs all that okay. um, because they lost all their – so they're just trying to do content. Like, Danny Ware Presents, a big talent buyer as well. Mm-hmm. They don't do cruises, but um, they do, like, Bourbon Beyond in Louisville, Kentucky and all that. Versus being oh, yeah. That. And so what they're doing, they're doing the same thing. Everyone's just doing these streams. But if it's got something attached to it, like a radio station, mm. then it's cool. But if it's like you in your living room and you're like, here's my demo, I might do like that, too. dude. I don't care anymore. No, especially if I, it's just me sitting in my living room. I'm not putting my Venmo up. I'm not charging you to watch me do this shit. It's yeah. half-assed as it is. I think I think it's kind of cheesy. You know, and what's, what's cool is you mentioned War on Drugs. They're on that TBA agency. That's my – That's my. I am absolutely check, check it obsessive. TBA agency, t- check it out. I so mean, they're new. I don't know if they're taking people, but it's some top fucking agents in the War on Drugs. Like, the, the, if you go to RollingStone.com, the, the picture for TBA agency is a picture of War on Drugs. So, Dude. anyway. Tyler, this, this has been a, uh, an amazing interview, dude. We're going to, we're going to, because I want to have you back on, obviously. Uh, sure. But I'm going to end with five questions. Rapid fire. This is how we're going to wrap it up. Uh, first question Give me your best and your worst show memory. Uh, the, the crazy shit. I ask everybody this one, but just like, what's, what's your all time best? And then the what was the craziest shit that ever happened to you? I know the best one. Uh, the best one, we did Firefly 2016. Oh, you did you did Firefly too? Yeah, when did you? Twenty eighteen. We did sixteen. Uh, who played? 
Uh, it was Eminem, The Killers, Arctic Monkeys, uh, Foster the People. I actually pushed. Uh, 2018. That every freaking festival has the same lineup. Bonner had the same lineup. Yeah, same yeah, 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 yeah. But it was fucking incredible. I saw a late night 12 a.m. Uh, DJ set by Mike D from the Beastie Boys, and I was what? one of like I was one of like a hundred people, and I was side stage. I lost my shit. I I walked back to like the I was by myself. I walked back to our campground. I was like, you, you had you the artist band though, so you're oh, just hell like- yeah. I was just so excited. <laughs> that that weekend too, we were in the artist pit between the stage and the fans, and uh, I was the Arctic Monkeys are an all time favorite band of mine. They started oh, playing. I bet you look good on the dance floor. I was uncharacteristically drunk. I'm usually the uh, <laughs> I'm usually the focus leader type. Yeah. And uh, I pushed, I think there was this fake moshing, and I pushed this dude next to me, and it was Foster the People. And I knocked uh, <laughs> I also, we also almost fought one of the kids in One Direction that weekend. So we have stories, dude. <laughs> All right, so Fire, Fireflies well, we, number one. We played, we played pool with, uh, what's the band? Two-Door Cinema Club. That was oh, cool. great band. But, but, but the story is, uh, I just went to Nashville, and uh, I got pulled over, and so I didn't have an ID, so they make you get an ID. So they sent me a paper ID. Right? Oh God! So, so with the artist band, you get to go to the uh, to the to the free bar. Oh yeah, so the part. Like, hey, can I can I get all I want? Right? Oh, yeah. And Kings of Leon's playing. I was like, this is freaking dope. Uh, Blink One Two just played, so we're just like we're all freaking wasted. And this is what I'm getting at. Whereas the best moment ever because I lied on my uh, like you know whatever you call it. You're you follow up with a tour manager, whatever. You're, I'm like whatever you kind of like. What do you call that when you you pull up to a venue and it's like you gotta. You just, whatever you got to report in and so i told everyone in my in my camp that there was like my video guy my tour manager it was just my friends oh yeah so your boys you just brought them with i brought them all with and we still talk about this week because it was so much fun and uh what happened is we're all there we we just played our second set and so we're done and so we go to the bar and i'm fucking drunk and i'm like let me get a boy and i have my paper id and lays like get the hell out of here and long story <laughs> short i came back over and over Right, I was like, "Don't forget." And then I come back, and I'm really effed up. And I'm like, "And then we get another drink." And then <laughs> they're like, uh, "Get the fuck out of here, dude!" They did. The manager came over. He's like, "Get out of here, man!" Oh, and awesome. my buddy Ryan, awesome buddy from Nashville, he's from Austin. He's got a studio now in uh, Nashville. He played guitar this that weekend, and he's wasted. And he's like, just a, like a boy. And he goes, "Are you kidding me?" And there's like a flyer, and I, I have my name twice on it. He goes, "His name's on the flyer, man!" And all of a sudden, they were like. <laughs> Oh, oh but, excuse me. Here's your but, drink, sir. Well, little did they know that we're nobody. You know what yeah, I mean? Of yeah, but, but your they, name's on the flyer, bro. That's all that matters. But they were like, holy crap. And they're like, oh, my God. Like, we don't want to get in trouble. And so this is the cool part. The other bartender goes, yo, come here. He goes, how many you got? And I had eight people with me. I was like, I got eight people. He goes, I'm going to give you something, but you got to get out of here. He gave us all, not a 750, a handle of Jack Daniels. And so we went back in the crowd and we're just Let's like, let's oh, go. It was, it was so much fun. Dude, so that was the best. We were fucked up the one night at that because they have like the Red Bull bar in the back is what it was that year, and uh, we're playing skee ball in the artist area. Oh no, they they, they had Red Bull too in sixteen. It was, I and got so we are just <laughs> twisted playing skee ball. There's like because we're a six, we were a seven piece band that weekend. Plus, we did have uh, a road manager with us. We had a photographer. We had a guitar tech. Like we had, and my, the guitar tech was a was a was a cousin of mine. Like he was just a fucking boy. But you brought your boys. Oh, yeah. Always do. We roll squad deep. And uh, he, all of a sudden, Terry Crews, the actor from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, just walks up and stands next to us. He's fucking there with Panera Bread, and he was, like, handing out mac and cheese. And we were like, are we fucked up, or is this dude, is that Terry Crews? All right, so Firefly was the best. What was the worst? That's amazing. Um, 
uh, I got, I could go so long on that weekend. Um, the worst, uh, I guess, you know, just torn. You always hit those bad, those bad nights. Oh uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of something that was really bad. I mean, it's, I guess it's, I don't want to stay on this question for too long, but, um, but we, we, we made the best out of it. Uh, but like, you know, it was that one tour, uh, with the seven Suns tour. The only night that was not great was we played it at the Nick in, in Birmingham. That was my worst one too. No fucking way. We showed up to the Nick in Birmingham and we found out when we got there that the headliner from Birmingham just wasn't coming. He just wasn't showing up. So they had no one showing for your show. Yeah, so then it was me, us, and a band called Born Animal from Nashville that we were on a couple shows with, and we're just like, I uh, guess we'll play. So we fucking play this dirty-ass bar. It's a famous bar, but it's a dirty little bar in Birmingham. Yeah, it's famous. And uh, it was like two old ladies who offered us drugs, and that was it. And then we just <laughs> <laughs> That was it. Wait, so what happened at the Nick? Dude, that's so funny. The best is Firefly, Firefly, and the worst is Nick the Nick. Oh, my God. Um, Concentric just, circles, There's no one there. I know, dude, I know. And you know what? It, it was so cool. The picture's dope because the American flag, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's oh, a really like cool-looking spot. Back. Like the black keys and shit, but... Um, Prince? I remember but, reading that Prince played there. I was like, where the fuck did Prince play here? Everybody did. Everybody yeah. did. And it's just, now it's in a shitty part of town. You look out, and it's really sketchy. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah, it's um, like a highway and then a Chick-fil-A behind it, and that's like it. And then and it's like some drunks just hanging out up front. Like, they just hang out there all day. Yeah. But everyone was, everyone was really cool. And we just took it as practice because the next night was in Nashville. It was during CMA Fest. Uh, and so we, we were not country, but there's a lot of people there. And so the next night was a sold out show at the basement. You know what I mean? So we're like, all right, screw it. It's rehearsal. Dude, and, was, and we had a great time. So we always say on tour, there's always one shitty show and it always gets followed up by the best show right after for some reason. Yeah, we, were, yeah. we were at the Nick and then we went from the Nick to, oh my God, we went from the Nick to Lexington, Kentucky. And cool. we played a fucking amazing show at a spot called The Burl. That was it. That was a great night, dude. Great, night. but but it was after the Nick. Oh yeah, and, and the Nick was a yeah, shit yeah, show, yeah. and then we went to Kentucky yeah, after and had a great time. It's how it always goes. That's how the tour yeah, yeah. tour has a way of keeping you motivated. I don't know how it is, but it does. It does, man. And uh, that was just such a good crew with the Uncle Dwayne's guys too. Like they're such pros. Yeah, I mean those guys have played like Jay Leno and shit, and so yeah. they're just like they know right, the deal, and they're 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 like jam band so all they gave a shit about was all right we got our mics up because they post all those live shows that all, mm-hmm. all the jam bands do yeah so they're they, on they, got, they got to say birmingham alabama on their live thing they put it up so um, but yeah right. so, second question what's your uh what's your favorite guilty pleasure movie like give me a movie that like you watch over and over again um there's two and i two? just bought, i just bought them on apple tv my girlfriend's like god damn uh <laughs> Waterboy and I Love You Man with Paul Rudd. Let's go! Great <laughs> fucking movies. Hell yeah. I Love You Man is a classic. That's a DVD I still have in my basement. We don't even have a DVD player, but I have the DVD. And I just what love are- the, uh, the rush shit. Like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Uh, all right, here we go. Question three. Uh, all right, it's a food question. Mexican food or Italian food? Uh, Mexican food. So you, live in a, you live in LA. You have, that, you have to say Mexican food. Yeah, dude, there's, there's a new Mexican spot. We could walk to it. And uh, they, every, we just, cause we don't know anybody here in Altadena yet. So we just keep going down there. And the first time we moved here, I was like, Hey babe, like play this in boxes. I'm like, let's just go. And we got hammered drunk. They kept giving us free, like agave tequila shots. Oh, beautiful. It. it was cool, man. So that Mexican food all day. I love, I love Mexican food. Me and my wife, it's, it's a long argument that we have. 
Mexican versus Italian food. Cause I grew up in a very Italian household. So I'm a diehard Italian food guy, but um, I think Mexican food is the greatest food of all time because you can get shitty Mexican food and it's still great. Taco Bell still yeah. does the job. If you get yeah. shitty Italian food, right. ruins your whole day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, You're done. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, this is a specific one for you. What's your favorite cocktail? Um, so let's let's just throw in the Boone's bourbon. Uh, or, or just whiskey. I like bullet rye. You mentioned bullet earlier. I love bullet rye. Um, I love uh what we call with the Boons, uh, at the top of the bottle it says homegrown. It's a very southern thing, that's why I did that. Of course. Um and so there's you know, it's like a very hoot and blowfish type shit. Um what is it called? A Kentucky mule. So we call it a homegrown mule. So it's like a Moscow mule, but it's got bourbon in it. Yep. So it's got ginger beer, lime juice, ice, and then uh, some kind of garnish. And that's it, man. So we call, I love them, that. We call them Kentucky thoroughbreds. Uh, the, the bourbon what, mule. The Kentucky is it? mule? Yeah. Kentucky, with, uh, there's a bar in Nashville we go to. Uh, I cannot remember what the fucking name of it is because it's right near where Elena, our manager, used to live in East. And it's like back in the neighborhood a little bit. And they have a whole list of mules, and they call them Kentucky thoroughbreds. And that I, we fucking smash those things. That's a great pick. Is it? Is it? Is it the like East Side? It's in East Nashville. Yeah. Like the it's, Red Door, or like the, no, no, no. It's not that. It's not that at Five Points. It's like more up Gallatin. Oh. Yeah, near near Madison. But if you go back through the oh. neighborhood, um, it could be they serve a lot of Mickey's there. And it's a shitty dive bar. They have like a they have like two hundred whiskeys on the on the. It's it's like East Side near Madison. I'm texting I'm texting Elena right now. I got to find out what the name of this fucking place is. Before, I'm we're gonna move on to another question. I'm gonna come back sure, for sure. What's the yeah. name of that bar in your Nashville neighborhood? We always went to. I bet it's the Mickey. That place is like two hundred whiskeys on the wall, and it's a it's shit. It's something. Bar. It's something pub. I can't remember what it is. Hmm. Uh, all right, I'll move on. Last question. Um, Oh, what was your biggest oh shit moment? Like when you met another musician or like a, an idol of yours, your biggest oh shit, I cannot believe I'm standing next to this person moment. I mean, I, I've been pretty lucky. To, we've been really lucky as like a band and then like a solo artist. I got some really dope gigs. Um, but one that's kind of funny and it's not the biggest artist. Um, well, I, you know, maybe I'll talk about, I'll talk about Cheryl Crow because everyone knows her. Oh, that's a great pick. Did you know Manchester Orchestra? Yeah, I love Manchester Orchestra. Well, so I had a mad moment with them where I walked up to him, and my name's Tyler Boone. I don't have a band name. And so when I walked up to him, I was, and we, we got to open up for him, I was like, hey, so but one of the many bands that did that day. It was like festival. And I was like, hey, so my name is uh, – well, I don't have a band, but it was, oh, so your name is? That's the name of your band? Cool, man. I just walked <laughs> You know, was, God damn it, I fucked that up. I was like, shit. And my friends were like, dude, that was freaking hilarious. But with Cheryl Carlo, I used to put on a festival in Charleston. This is a cool story called the First Flush Festival. And um, it's, it's a, the only tea plantation in the Northern Hemisphere. And it's in Charleston. And so it's called the, um, it's on Guatemala Island. It's, uh, I forget the name of the tea festival, but the tea plantation. But um, anyway, we, and we were trying to bring it back. And we're going to do it this year. And then COVID happened. And so I'm trying to bring back with these other talent buyers that do it. And it's really awesome because uh, Charleston's not that big, right? And so right. it is like the biggest thing. Now there's uh, High Water Fest, it's, which is very AAA, which I'm sure you heard of. Shelves and Rope put that on. But this is the Tea Plantation, and we used to have the Abbott Brothers, Old Crow Men Show. Oh, hell yeah. Enough. And so the last one was 2015 when I moved to Nashville. Uh, it was a good send-off. Um, that's how I got that meeting with the Kenny Chesson dude because I had that gig. But, oh, really? All I'm saying is Cheryl Crow was playing. She wasn't there all day. 
she was super high like you know status she got she got flown by a helicopter of course she did we were the band before and i was like where the hell is she man and she came walking off the, the helicopter and she's barefoot wearing like red pants and blue pants and just looks really hot for like you know Cheryl crow and i'm wasted and she's walking by and she has security in front of her and behind her and it was just like crazy mom like holy shit Cheryl crow and i said hey and then she just went hey and then that was it i was like oh shit that was, that was, that was cool that's fucking outstanding she, she was really good too Man, that was that was a cool concert. So. Love the show, bro, dude. Tyler, that's a great way to end, dude. Um, for everybody who listened to this, you gotta go look up the artist formula. If you need artist services, if you need Spotify playlisting, just good people to work with, good people in your corner, you go to Tyler. If you want to get drunk after those meetings, you go for Boone's Bourbon, obviously. And then if you want some good music, you go to his Spotify, his Apple Music, Tyler Boone. Tyler, it's been a fucking pleasure, dude. Thanks, man. Hey, uh, for this podcast as a trade, it's something that's you know as what we should do for each other. Send me your song tomorrow and I'll add it to some playlists. Love you, dude.